welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Welcome to Talking Catholics. Today we're going to be talking about body image and creating a positive body image for ourselves and how we are to appreciate the gift that God has given us and how to take care of that. Yeah, so funny story, this last year, uh, the beginning of 2020, um, I was very excited I started a YouTube channel called I Got a Little Chubby, and I was ready to start um, <laughs> vlogging about weight loss. And then one day later, I found out I was pregnant, and so that went out the window. So I never even started my vlog for I Got a Little Chubby. <laughs> so, so that was the beginning of the year from Hades 2020. Um, I'm just kidding. We got a beautiful blessing out of it. But... My, my, my baby, in case you're wondering. <laughs> but I have always struggled, always struggled with body image. And really, uh, once I had my conversion to the Catholic faith, I was, I was cradle Catholic, but really had a, a, just a profound conversion and, and had a personal relationship with Jesus, um, I almost rejected the body completely. Like, the body doesn't matter, it's the soul, it's the relationship with God. And I think that as Christians, you have to have this balance of our body is a temple, we're called to take care of it, but it's not an idol, and it's not a vessel for to discard mm-hmm. and do whatever we want with, um, that it is a temple. Mm-hmm. And I think that it has taken me some time to get to where I have um, a positive, and not that I don't struggle, you know, I do. There are some times when I, especially postpartum now, when I put on all my stretchy pants because I'm too scared to put on my non-stretchy pants because I don't want to be sad that I can't get them up over my hips. <laughs> what has really been helping me is is um, to discern, like, I am good. I have a beautiful family that loves me. I have a lot of gifts and talents. I am not just my body and what I see in the mirror. I am in a comprehensive package and while there are things in my spiritual life I need to work on, there are things in my emotional life that I need to work on and things there are things in my physical life that I need to work on. And when I put it in these three bubbles of these are the goals for each one, that it helps me not to make my body into this obsessive thing that I that I hate or that I I think it's never going to be good enough. It's just, how do I feel um, about myself? How is my health doing? What are the steps that I need to do to, to get in better health, health, in better shape, to have more energy? And if those are my goals, it helps me to put a little bit less pressure that I have to be like a size two. You know? And if you are a size two, you praise God. And if you're not, praise God. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at right now, especially dealing with the postpartum breakdowns of, you know, men don't have this. Their bodies don't change as extreme as ours do, even if they do have self-image issues, which I know a lot do. It's when you are a mother, especially your body's changing all the time, mm-hmm. even month to month as a woman, you know, you bloat and then 
not the election, <laughs> it's just, it gets a little difficult. It's really day to day if you look, if you were to look deeper like, into the hormone aspect of our bodies. Our bodies are fluctuating literally all the time. Sure. All the time. Yeah. And I think that that reserves, that reserves respect and understanding. Yeah, for sure. Lots of change. One thing that, um, like you had mentioned, um, postpartum, that's actually when I started to decide to take care of my body more because I was struggling with postpartum depression and I knew something was wrong. I knew I didn't want to be medicated. And so I started exercising. You know, it's not a fix-all, but it definitely helped tremendously. Then that got me thinking about, you know, being grateful for my body. And, you know, in my past, I have not treated my body very well in lots of different ways. You know, listening to theology of the body, I had also heard scripture saying from St. Paul about the body being a temple of the Holy Spirit. And those just kept coming, you know, bombarding me. I think in a previous podcast, Annie had said, you know, sometimes you have to be hit with a two by four to realize something. Those just kept coming back to me and coming back to me. And during this time where I was having, you know, issues with how I felt about my body. So I started exercising and trying to take care of things a little bit better. And we have to remember that we're not just our body, like you said, and we're not just our soul. And we're not just our hormones, but it's a whole package and we have to take care of all of them, you know, mind, body, spirit. We're able to do what God asks us to do when we're in balance. Well, and I don't want to be told that I have to eat less. I, yeah. It's funny because people can tell me, don't do drugs, don't get drunk, don't do those things. But for some reason, when it comes to the particular sin that I can often struggle with, with gluttony mm-hmm. or overindulgence, I don't want anybody to tell me that. You know, if my husband is, says anything like, I'll tell him, I want you to keep me accountable to eat healthy. And then I get out of Ben and Terry's, and he's like, uh, I thought you said you didn't. Like, Stop, you're hurting my feelings. I didn't have to eat the whole thing. You know? <laughs> and it's your fault, it's not my fault. <laughs> um, I think uh, having, there, there's two things that, that are issues for me. One is is responsibility. I know that I have responsibility to care for my body, but it, you know, in 70 years, we're all going to be on the same page anyway, you know, like that, back in high school, when we would be jealous of this girl who's so gorgeous, or, you know, even today, there's a, a mom that's so gorgeous, and she just had a baby two weeks ago, and she's already back in her pre-pregnancy clothes, you know, whatever, um, that can take our focus off of, you know, listen, like, 70 years, we're all going to we're all going to be wrinkly, we're all going to be gray hair, we're all going to be... But what is that lasting beauty? If we spent all the time on our physical beauty and not on our souls and not on that interior life, that's what's truly beautiful. You know, Mother Teresa was not the epitome of beauty, you know, from physical standards. You know, her toes and fingers were gnarled from arthritis. Um, she was probably sweaty and dirty from picking up people in the streets, but she was beautiful and people flocked from all over the world to catch a glimpse mm-hmm. of her beauty. And that's more than our pop stars and our models and, and things like that. It's, there's something different. There's something that transcends. It's the, the highest beauty that you can have is holiness. Um, but then the other thing is that accountability. Uh, I, I need people to keep me accountable to take care of myself, not only spiritually, which we acknowledge and we're, we're generally okay with that. It's a little bit more non-threatening. But then I also need accountability to take care of my body. I 
I know that if I have somebody that will walk with me, I'm more likely to get up and go walking. Um, if I know somebody is also committed to taking care of their bodies, I'm much more likely to to keep that commitment and, and work on that discipline. Um, and that discipline, really, if we can keep it in small things, you know, the scriptures say we'll be faithful in everything. My most recent pregnancy. Um, I had gained much more weight than I intended on doing. And, um, you know, I remember at one point sitting with a camera, like, facing me, like, my phone facing me, and I could see, like, my double chin, and it just kind of looked like, you know, like a frog right before they croak, and their chin gets really big. Like, <laughs> like that's what it reminded me of. And I was like, aw, like, that's sad. But, like... <laughs> That's the kind of thing that, like, goes through my head when I look at myself a lot of the time is, like, you know, I, I see those, you know, those qualities about myself that I see as negative. Um, but one thing that I kind of struggle with is making sure that I don't say those things out loud around the people that I'm around the most, mm-hmm. um, especially around the, around the most. And for me, that's my children mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I want to make sure that, my daughter especially, but also my, you know, son, that they don't, they don't see their physical appearance as something that's more important than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, more important than their spiritual life or more important than viewing their bodies as something that, you know, God made as something, you know, good and um, precious to be taken care of and all of that. I don't want them to, to, to think that their appearance is the most important thing. And I think my husband oftentimes like catches me and tells me you know to stop talking like that like stop talking down about myself more often than I do so hopefully I don't talk about it um around my kids a lot I'm hoping not but I'm I'm sure I do sometimes but I think it is like before becoming any kind of religious like you know back when I was agnostic um you know, appearance was something that was really important to me. Like material things were incredibly important to me because I had heard about the soul. I kind of, you know, I knew kind of what it was, had no consequence for me because everything was very materialistic in my life. You know, when I tried to make friends or when I tried to feel good about myself or, you know, find meaning in my life or anything like that, it was always very material, including my body. And so if I didn't like the way that I looked or if I didn't have the right clothes on or if I didn't have, you know, the best makeup on or whatever, somebody else looked better than me as I thought, then that was, like, kind of devastating for me. And, you know, since finding my faith and, you know, growing closer to God, you know, I've come to that realization that, like you guys are talking about, we're a body and soul composite. You know, our body isn't really made to be appealing aesthetically. It's to please God. That's what it's ultimately for. It points to that higher purpose of, you know, what what God wants us to be and who God made us to be. By reading this book, um, and it mentions that our young girls growing up now have to compare each other based on numbers, based on the number of likes they get. Whereas when we were growing up, we compared ourselves to who had a boyfriend or you know, who seemed to fit that pop culture, physical clothes, whatever. But now it's defined very clearly for our young girls um, based on who has the most followers, who has the most likes. And that is a 
serious problem for our girls yeah. growing up, that mm -hmm. they are numerically defining their beauty and their self-worth. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that was really tragic for me to read, but I think one of the things that we have to teach our girls and even teach ourselves and really until it's ingrained is to out loud pray in the name of Jesus, I reject the lie mm -hmm. that I am defined by my pant size or the, the number on the scale. In the name of Jesus, I reject the lie that I'm defined by what I look like on the outside. Mm -hmm. And and I do that sometimes to this day. And and sometimes I have to say it a few times in this, I will always feel peace. That gift of, of the Lord and that, that peace, that consolation. Um, right now I've been asking the Lord for the grace to uh, be more active, to have that desire to be more active. There's nothing that we can do apart from Him. Mm -hmm. um, and that includes casting off the lies that have taken deep root into our mm -hmm. hearts and even the bad habits that have taken deep root into our hearts. So in the name of Jesus, call those things out, out loud, by name, and, and bring Him into that. Um, I have three boys and a baby on the way, angry, so could be another one. <laughs> um, but I, I try to be really con conscious about how I talk about my body in front of them, um, because I'm constantly trying to remember. I, you know, I'm not just raising boys; I'm raising future husbands, yeah. mm -hmm. um, or you know, God willing, future priests. <laughs> and I want my boys to grow up to see the beauty in the body, you know, and to to know how to talk to women <laughs> um, in a respectful way. And that starts with me talking about myself in a respectful way. And, and my husband, who is fabulous, so he, he's much better at this than I am. <laughs> I have my, you know, definite moments. <laughs> I, I try to do that away from my children. Um, but that's, you know, it's so important to teach our girls, but also, also our boys. Um, there are lots of men who have, have um, self-image issues as well. Um, but their, you know, their fluctuations are, you know, usually a little bit slower. Um, so it's not as drastic and it's not as prominent as it is in, with women. Um, and I think that uh, is become like a cycle in our society. And um, I've really committed in my family to try and end that mm -hmm. at least you know in my family because that's where I can do it started you know with my kids like try and do what I can to teach them you know the beauty of of the body that God has given us I love you just said that um this is where I can do it is in my family and I think that's incredible because uh, it is such a, a seemingly small sphere of influence it actually isn't at all small this is where we can end those damaging thought patterns that the world's talking about. And I think a lot of it, too, like you mentioned, has to do with taking our our thoughts captive, like the Bible tells us to. It says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And what that means is, it needs to be obedient to the truth of God's Word. It needs to be obedient to the truth of the Magisterium. It needs to align with theology of the body. This is what's been given to us. The thoughts that we have about ourselves, we need to examine those and take them captive, send them to prison and bind them if they are damaging, if they are going to 
interrupt our union with God is they're going to take our focus off of Him. If they're going to create despair and desolation, those thoughts have to be banished. They're not from the Lord. And that's something that we, especially as Americans, we think that everything, everything that comes into our mind is the truth. And also, every feeling that we have is the truth. And I'm here to tell you right now, that is incorrect. That is theologically incorrect. There will be thoughts and feelings that all of us have that are not from God, that are not based in truth, and they need to be discarded as quickly as they come. And the sooner we can teach our kids this stuff, that is a lie. Reject that in Jesus' name, just like he said. And in our own hearts, the sooner we can begin to heal, like Amy's saying, about you know taking back that that curse of hating your physical body. My journey with body image has been like everybody else, kind of up and down my whole life. But it took a unique turn because as a teenager, I developed body dysmorphia, which is, if you don't know what that is, it's an actual syndrome in your mind. It's a terrible word, syndrome. I'm not I'm just blanking on how to describe this right now. Where your mind and your eyes actually play tricks on you when you look in the mirror. And so dysmorphics take pictures of themselves because they know that when they're looking at the mirror, their eyes and their brain will literally morph their body into something that is not, it's, it's a very serious thing. Mm. Now, the level to, at which and you know it affects people is, is a huge spectrum. It could be very minor, it could be extremely severe, it can lead to eating disorders. But mine took kind of a twisted turn, and it turned more into sort of a, um, just a real distaste for the body and a total and complete lack of respect for it. Um, and that became, and it, for me, uh, substance abuse and addiction, just because it was just too fair. You know? mm-hmm. And so my body image struggle to get back into the rhythm of the Lord's vision with that has to do a lot with taking captive my thoughts because I know that when I'm starting to head in that really, ugh, I feel so fat mindset, that that could lead to other things in my life. And so I'm, I've had to learn to be very on guard to treasure that body that was given to me, that body that is, as Alicia said, a composite of my soul. Guys, remember, we're going to take these bodies with us for eternity. And we don't think about that enough. Right? <laughs> no, there's a reason why we are a body and a soul composite. And so to trash the body, to loathe the body, to disdain it, just because it doesn't look the way you think it should look right now, it's really very tragic, and it's also very spiritually dangerous. And so I think that when you talk about teaching our kids, I think you're right. So we have to be really diligent to say that. You, that is not allowed here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to trash a body is to trash a soul. That's basically mm-hmm. what I'm And that's kind of where we're at in our home. Um, I think that goes back to also teaching our children about respect, not just of, you know, of others and of themselves. Yeah, recently I was reading um, a book by Scott Hahn. It was called Hope to Die. Um, can't remember the rest of the title, but the, the main part was Hope to Die. And uh, he brought up a really interesting point that I guess I hadn't really thought about before. Um, he was talking about Jesus, how like how what he did through the resurrection and the ascension really pointed to what he meant for our bodies. Um, that, you know, like, we're, we're all going to die, that's going to happen, that's the nature of sin, but we're also going to be resurrected, and what we are 
meant to to happen for us is that we are to you know, our bodies are to sit into heaven and be reunited with our souls at the end of times and um, yeah so I think through that just thinking about about what he was talking about I think it's really when we're talking about our bodies we need to be regarding them as Jesus wants us to that you know like our bodies were made for heaven yeah. they're made to be taken care of as if you know with, with with the thought in mind that you know not only our souls but our bodies are meant to ascend into heaven yeah. along with God to be with him for forever and so you know with that being said you know they they have to be good like he made us good it talks about that you know everything that he made you know he saw it and it was good and, you know, he even means for our bodies to, to live with him in heaven for forever. And so how beautiful is that? Like, I just think that's such a beautiful, a beautiful thing that, you know, we can look at our bodies and through our, you know, our sinful nature and our human nature, we can look at them in these distorted ways that, you know, our bodies aren't good enough. They're not, we're not skinny enough or we're not fit enough or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever it is that we don't like about ourselves. But you know, in reality, you know, our bodies were made good and they were made for heaven because, you know, God, God loves us that much and he loves everything about us. And when, you know, when he's, we say that he loves us, not just our mind, it's just not our personality. It's not just our soul, but it's, it's our bodies as well. I was going to say, I think it's important to recognize also that it's not always, um, like the body image, it's not always about like the look of our body. Um, I really struggled with this, um, when, we were dealing with infertility mm. and the whole like you know my body's not working mm. god why is my body not working the way it's supposed to you know ne- you know now i can look back at that time and see that the you know what god had given to me during that time i'm also like right now i'm i've been dealing with um gestational diabetes issues and i'm you know, early enough that the, my OBGYN said at this point we're not really looking at you know gestational diabetes. It's probably you know either type two diabetes or insulin resistance, which I knew I had issues with. Um, but recognizing that while there is something that is not working in the order that my body, you know, our bodies are meant to be, um, that there are things that I should be doing. Glorify God to. Um, through my body, like through, you know, seeing that, using that time to realize, okay, maybe my, my eating habits are not glorifying that. Um, or seeing that, um, you know, I need, you know, I really do need exercise, you know, that, that I struggle, you know, I struggle with, um, Noel, you mentioned like gluttony, and also a little bit of slothfulness perhaps for me, um, and just getting that motivation. And so we also like to try to give you guys some practical things to use because you know some tools because it's fine Danny to be saying let's glorify God with our bodies but how do we do that you know some practical tools um, to make some of these tasks more prayer centered um, you know there is one program called Lightway um, that talks about um, eating making eating a um, healthy and God-centered activity instead of just eating and you know because we were talking about gluttony a little bit ago and then um, also when you're exercising there's apps that you can play the rosary on while you go for your walk or your run or um, I know there's the rosary workout on YouTube and um, I think Soul Core is also 
um, on YouTube and some other things. And there's ways of trying to take care of your body while still making those things pure centered also. So those are just a couple of tools that, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to, well, I'm supposed to pray, I'm supposed to exercise, I'm supposed to eat right, I'm supposed to do all these things. And, you know, it's okay to combine them once in a while. So we hope that that helps. Also, what's how you're glorifying God through the way your body was created? You know, it's kind of like that scripture verse where um, there's a blind man calling out to Jesus and the apostles are saying, Lord, why was this man born blind? Was it his sin or was it the sin of his parents? And sometimes, you know, we, if there's a flaw with us, it was a, why are you punishing me, God? You know, why do I look like this or why am I this way? Why is my body looking this? Why am I struggling with infertility? And the Lord's answer to that was, it's nobody's sin. Mm -hmm. It is so that the glory of God may be revealed mm -hmm. through this. And so whatever hardship that may be, whatever our cross is, I know personally with my struggle through ups and downs, weight loss and body image, sometimes I'm really in shape, sometimes I'm in terrible shape. Most of the time I'm pregnant. <laughs> like, you know, whatever. Or, you know, just struggling with all the emotions that come with that. That the Lord is working on me to help me be more disciplined because when I do have that discipline um, in my uh, you know external things I'm better disciplined in my spiritual life and I think that that's how God is going to glorify but he also humbles me through this thing like no I'm it wouldn't be good for me because I struggle with these things or maybe the sin of pride or vanity to be you know, a uh, uh, model on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Like, <laughs> sorry, husband. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to go here. I'm going to talk about sex <laughs> because I think sometimes when we as wives feel bad about ourselves, we withhold ourselves from our husbands and, um, and, and who love us, who say, you know, uh, that they love everything about us, but because maybe we feel, you know, self-conscious or, or, you know, bad about ourselves. Sometimes we just hold that gift. And body, our body is a gift. Mm -hmm. Our body is meant to serve. Our body is a gift. God um, gave his gift of his body for us, literally. Mm -hmm. Every time we go to Mass, we see his body as a gift. Mm -hmm. And that's how we're supposed to model our own way that we live through our own bodies. Mm -hmm. We are not only the purchase of the price. I think Faustina says that um, she doesn't envy the angels who just stand before God and see his face every day the way we long for in our lives and want to see God. She says, I don't envy them because your blood runs in my veins. And just thinking about that and that, you know, that this this body that we have, you know, regardless of, of what it's not doing right or what it doesn't look like in our minds, this is a body that can contain the entire dwelling of the Trinity and does contain that. We have to stop shaming ourselves yeah. and start beginning to, as Alicia said, I wish I could tattoo what you said on my forehead. This body was made for heaven. And I think I might. <laughs> How many girls, teen girls, and you, when you were a teenager, needed to know that yes. that their love handles that their dimples in their thighs were made 
for heaven. And my gosh, can you imagine how much struggle you could have avoided? And, and I do want to talk to people who are struggling with chronic illness and feeling or infertility, which is such a horrifically difficult class because your body, your own body betrays the desire of your heart, it feels like sometimes, and that's just so difficult. And for those of you who are out there who your body has never worked right, there's always been something wrong. For those of you who struggle on a moment-by-moment basis with pain, I want you to know that we are not minimizing that struggle, that we are not telling you to bootstrap it. We want to walk with you and help you carry that cross and and help you to, to know that you're loved and that would help to find resources to, to hear from you. We want to hear from you on your struggles and how you are able to accept that body that causes so much pain for you. So please know that you are heard, each one of you, in that cross that you are on. And that we here at Copy and Catholic are not attempting here to minimize that issue. We're attempting to stand together with you at the foot of that cross and understand how to help each other with these body image struggles and how to become more holy in the midst of them. So I just felt like I needed to say that to someone listening who is just like, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're right, we don't. And so it it helps us understand. Because if there's anything we know about the mystical body of Christ is that when one suffers, we all suffer. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be something that we really embrace and take on in our hearts and in our lives a lot more. So... You know, we've all had our own sufferings with body image, but we also need to help each other in those sufferings to become more like Jesus and to be ready for heaven. Hard to preach you, but no, it's perfect. I think it's true. And I think there are seasons in our lives where, you know, sometimes one thing has to take a back seat to another thing, yeah. you know, like after we just had a baby, it's not realistic to assume that you're going to start running 10 miles a day. I mean, there was that one lady who ran Sometimes things have to take a back seat and you have to focus on other things and sometimes you feel like, feel like God is saying no to this, but the culture is saying you have to do this and this and this. Um, and so much of that is humility and surrender, and those are our hardest things, probably, you know. And we judge ourselves way more than other people judge us, I'm sure. And your husbands, and our husbands, mm-hmm. they don't, if you're naked, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be but you know what I mean? Like, it's, I think we forget that sometimes, that they truly love us, mm-hmm. and, you know, and our friends love us. <laughs> I think we just need to remember that, that we're so loved and God is just obsessed with you. Thank you for joining us today. One more thing before you go. Even those of you that aren't in Oklahoma can join us on February 27th for this year's virtual Oklahoma Catholic Women's Conference. Get together with your closest friends and family to share in this special event. This two-hour conference will be available to registrants the entire day of February 27th. This year's conference features Catholic author and speaker Catherine Whitaker. There will be a reflection by a beloved priest, 
and music by a local Catholic worship band, Still Morning. Don't miss the chance to break away from the noise, to gather with close women in your life and encounter the Lord in a renewed way this year. To register for the virtual Oklahoma Catholic Women's Conference, go to okcatholicwomen.com. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks when we talk about modesty. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.